today, I'm not only going to talk about solidarity, but I'm going to talk about how we can thrive in times like this. You know, uh, a few days ago, uh, I went out and did an essential thing. The government is saying, only go out of the house if it's essential. And so I tried to stay at home as much as I can, but my house was running out of food. I had to go and carry out the, the, the burden that's on my shoulder to go to the grocery store. And I would promote them, but it was very and very interesting experience. You know, I went to this grocery store, this supermarket, and you know, I was all decked out. I wore my mask, you know, my glasses always on. I wore a cap, you know, I was like, don't touch me. And, and I drove there, and I, as I walked into the supermarket, the, the weird thing, you know, I usually do the shopping with my wife. Um, this time, I have to do it alone because that's what is the best. As I walked in, I've never seen this scene before, but I actually saw joy. I saw happiness among the shoppers. And I understood because it's like, man, this is such a, the only like good enough reason for us to leave the house. And so these were people, husbands, a lot of them, who I don't think usually do shopping uh, in the supermarket, they were going around the aisle with a subtle smile. I can't see but the, behind the mask, but you know you can see like, from the eyes that people are happy, and they were happy, and they were excited, uh, trying to look at stuff along the, the, the aisle. It was an interesting experience. It tells us how much we have lost in this pandemic, that the freedom that we can go out, and it's how challenging it is for everyone to, to go through this period of time. And so as a few of us were there, uh, we're trying to keep social distancing, one meter, we're trying to be extra polite. We're like, you go ahead, no problem. I wouldn't like try to rush in before you in case I, I rub against your shoulder. But this whole, whole scenario was just amazing. We, as human beings, desire connection. We desire relationship. And these experiences tell me how real that is, you know, how much that we yearn for a relationship with one another. Human beings uh, have been showing very different things just because of this current climate. I was looking around the world and there are things that we see that's amazing. Even one of our very own, uh, Jazz, uh, while she was in uh, the, the, the stay-home notice in the hotel in Sentosa, she went onto her balcony and played a beautiful piece of home and then she won a new newspaper, became viral. And of course, that's after the other uncle that I have to give credit, the, 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 the flute uncle. And then we see that happening all over the world where people are going out and they're on the, on the balcony entertaining one another. In fact, this week, I just saw another household in the HDB just performing from his balcony so people could watch and listen in and have a, a live concert. You know, we want to connect. In fact, there are some uncles who I know is wrong. I think they're desperate. They, you know, they, how they seal up the chairs and, uh, to, to make sure that you don't gather. I saw this uncle who just, who just lived in my block. And this morning, I just, in fact, I was coming to church. He brought his own chair and he was just sitting there. And as I walked past him, I said, Uncle, you know, you can't really do this. He says, for a little while, for a little while. We yearn relationship. We yearn connection. Have you ever wondered why? You know, my friend say introvert. He's a, he is a self-proclaimed geek. And I was chatting with him online and I'm like, bro, this is your time. You've been training your whole lifetime for this. And he says, bro, not really. Not really. 
an introvert chooses to stay at home. But when he's asked and forced to stay at home, his spirit doesn't enjoy it. It's interesting. Even an introvert can not want to stay at home in his confinement. That he too, despite his tendencies and, and nature, still wants connection, still wants to relate to others. You know, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, verse 10, if you would turn with me to Isaiah 54, verse 10, or you can just look at the screen. Isaiah 54, verse 10 describes our God as this. For the mountain may depart, and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. You know what this verse is telling us? It's not only telling us about the faithfulness, the goodness of our God. It's telling us about a God who is relational. Our God is relational. He is by Him in Himself a, per, a being who wants connection. And out of that being of who He is, He created human beings. And so God is relational and that relational created relational creatures. That's why we are all relational. That's why we all desire connection. If we cut ourselves off from one another, we naturally wither and die. It is difficult. It is hard. So do not cut yourself off. As much as you think you'll be okay, as much as you think that you don't need relationship, you do. You do. You need relationship because you're created to be relational. You are created to be relational to God and relational to other fellow beings. In fact, you're created in relation to the animals. It's, it's no wonder that there are zoos in the world. Like, why would people want to just go spend a day looking at animals? Because we are relational. We're created to want to relate to the animals. Why do we go on hikes? Why do we go trekking? Why do we go into the nature? Because we are created relational. Relational to nature, to the plants, to the waterfalls, to the little ravine, and to the water that's around us, to the mountain that's in front of us. Although we don't have mountains in Singapore, except for Bukit Timah. But, you know, we are created to want to relate, not just to human beings, to God, but to everything that's around us. You know, it's an amazing thing when people go stargazing. Star... Gazing is an amazing experience. You know, you look at the star and you just see how vast and bright and amazing uni the universe is. Of course, in Singapore, because of light pollution, it's very hard to see it. But, uh, you know, in Australia, where it's really, really dark, it's so clear that, in fact, you can see the galaxy, the, the Milky Way, if you wait long enough and for your eyes to adjust. One of the things that we used to do when we go to church camp in Melbourne, we go to really far away places where we're away from the city, and, and we, we lay, out, lay ourselves down in the field outside at night at about 1 a.m., 2 a.m., just to stargaze. It's amazing. And you see that, wow, this lights that's up there is so far, but I still want to relate to it. I think that is an inbuilt mechanism in all human beings that because our God is relational, we are relational. How many of you know where is Pulau Ujong? Pulau Ujong is an island that belongs to Singapore. How many of you know where is Pulau Ujong? We know Pulau Ubin. 
We know St. John Island. We know Pulau Belakan Mati, which is Sentosa. Do you know where Pulau Ujong is? Don't Google. Pulau Ujong. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, this is actually a puzzle, a thousand-piece puzzle that is uh, sold in Australia. It actually described the place where it's showing in the puzzle as Pulau Ujong, Singapore. Singapore, this mainland, actually is called Pulau Ujong. This is the place that before we call it Singapore as a republic, it's a conceptual thing, but the actual physical name of this land that we are on is called Pulau Ujong. Something new. Well, I learned that not because I am a puzzle kind of guy. In fact, I, I don't think I can complete a puzzle of a thousand pieces at home. Uh, Lucas will end up eating maybe 20 to 200 pieces of that puzzle. So it's not something I can do right now. But my friend, uh, while he's in uh, quarantine, uh, not really, he's in a similar kind of like stay-home notice in the United States, him and the daughter was going through this thousand piece, not exactly the same one, but a thousand piece puzzle. And uh, this is him, almost done, almost done. But he was sharing online, I stole this picture off his Facebook, where it's just like all blue, you know, which part of it is, is supposed to go where. Now it's just, you know, just by trying consistently and testing, he's hopefully he'll be able to get it done before this uh, thing is over. Why did I share with you this puzzle piece? Because, you know, all of us, all of us together, when we come together as a church, can we reflect the puzzle? What do I mean by that? If you take any individual piece of the puzzle by itself, it's nothing. We can only see blue, yellow, orange, red. But the full picture of Pulau Ujong, Singapore, comes together when this whole puzzle, piece by piece, is not separated by itself, but is joined together in a joint that they don't even realize what the role they're supposed to play. But as more and more pieces are joined together, you start seeing a complete picture, a beautiful picture of Pulau Ujong. You know, God is relational. And so, He is best reflected not in individual lives, but in the context of community. So if God's nature is so, how then can that be communicated to the church? We as people currently are still highly individualistic. In the church, it is still more about my personal relationship with God rather than how I relate to God through the covenantal community. You know, I love what John Tyson says in this quote. He says that by ourselves, we can only bring a, 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 a very small picture of God. I hear people in church tell me, you know, pastor, I'm trying to share with my friends about who Jesus is. But then I, what I hear, and I've been guilty of that, is we try to do it by ourselves. You know, we don't rope others in. Or some of us just, I want to share with my, my colleagues, I want to share with my friends, I want to share with my neighbors and relatives. You know, what do I do? I tell the pastor, pastor, why don't you go and tell them about Jesus? See, pastor, we, I love doing that. that. That's why I'm a pastor. It's my calling. But I cannot do it by myself. It is only when the whole community comes together, when the church comes together, then can we flu fully reflect the picture of God. 
is when we relate with one another in a way that is different and unique to the world, then can we reflect the picture of God. I think it is inbuilt in humans to reflect God's glory. In fact, if you look at the various things that's been happening, of course, there have been some things that's been negative and unpleasant, but that's what the news is. The news don't like to mention normal things that are good. They like to mention the bad things more than the good. But then there's a lot of good things if you take time to notice that is happening because of this pandemic. People are coming together. They are supporting one another. They're loving one another in ways that is practical and essential. Something that's never happened before. In, even in Singapore, where people describe Singapore as a sterile country. What does that mean? I hope it was sterile in terms of virus and hygiene. We're good with that. But it, it was talking about Singapore as being very cold and emotionless. We don't express our love for our neighbours. We've lost the kampong spirit. But you know what? We think we've lost the kampong spirit, but the kampong spirit will never leave us. And so in times like this, the old kampong spirit has been revived and now Singaporeans are coming out together to stand in solidarity with who they are with, with people around them. They're showing care and concern to the dorm workers never before. They've not complained and talked about it ever before. Maybe because they're ignorant. Maybe they just didn't have time to care. But now that it, they realize there's such an issue, now that God has given them time because they're stuck at home, they want to care. They want to do something about it. And I think this is God using our circumstance to drive change for the better in our society. Let it go on and read. In such a community, individuals are not leveraging the network, the connection for their own good, but rather have devoted themselves to the well-being of one another and the betterment of the community in which they live. I see that happening. And I hope to see that happening even more. And all the more should the church, as God's body, reflect that attitude that we shouldn't just come here for our personal spirituality and personal growth alone. Of course, that is always encouraged, always good, but we come here to better the community as a whole, to connect with one another, to take notice of one another, to love one another, not judge and discriminate and put down one another. The church is called to come together, not just in worship of God in a singular, uni, uni sense, but in a bilateral back and forth way where it's not about me receiving something good when I come to the church, but it's about what can I give when I see the others. God is best reflected in the context of a community. In Matthew, tell me, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. About the birth of Jesus. Before Jesus was born, the prediction about who this person, who this being will be in a prophecy, in a revelation that's given to the father, to Joseph. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. And, uh, sorry, and, yes, Joseph, correct. And so here it was an angel who came, most likely Gabriel, who came and spoke. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is a prophecy that's not new. It was the angel quoting from Isaiah and, and it was quoting a prophecy about Jesus. And the very first introduction of who Jesus is 
is He is Emmanuel, which means God with us. From the get-go, Christianity was about solidarity. Not about just us standing in solidarity with one another. It was about God choosing to come down and stand in solidarity with humanity. That God who can choose if He wants to, to remain distant and far away, to not care about this creation that He's created. But He didn't didn't choose that. He was in a covenant that He Himself chose to fulfill. That He chose to come down from heaven to be among us, to be in solidarity with humanity through Jesus, whose name is Emmanuel, God with us. You know, God stands in solidarity with us. He's chosen to do that. And as His church, as partaker of His grace and mercy, as people who have received His blessing, we are called to stand in solidarity with those around us. There are people around us at this time who need us. Most of us have more than what we need. Most of us are comfortable beyond the minimum line. But there are people out there who are struggling to keep afloat. They don't even have enough to feed the family. And and some of us are like, I'm struggling with abundance. I can't maintain my lifestyle at the way it was before the pandemic. Some of us are struggling to maintain life in a normal, basic, human way. Stand in solidarity with those around you. Your God condescended. He descended to be among us, to be human. God choosing to be human is not too much, I believe, as the body of Christ to stand, step down, spend less, use less, Deprive yourself of certain comfort so that you can give to those around you. You may say, Pastor, I'm stuck at home. I can't do much. I don't think that is true. I still think there are simple ways that we can act and simple things that we can do for those around us. In fact, if you look at essential service, um, the, the list of the essential services. I looked at it. Do you know it's okay to deliver things to the needy? In fact, the, the church, the conference is doing right that uh, at this very moment. They are working with our only Adventist restaurant in Singapore, Genesis, to deliver food to some of the old folks, uh, to feed them. That is allowed. If you look for opportunities, you will find them. If you want to find ways that you can and you don't know how, Talk to me. Contact me and I, I, will, I will discuss with you what we can do. Because there's some things that, that's out there that needs you to, to help and only you have the skill set to do it. It could even just be being on a phone call with somebody who needs to talk. And they've been stuck at home and, and psychologically, mentally, emotionally, they're not doing well and just need somebody to chat. And not everybody wants to chat with James. But someone may want to chat with you. Maybe you are more trained to, to really be a good counselor to these people. And talk to me if you, if you are on the other spectrum and you need somebody to talk to. 
You need a counselor. I can link you up with somebody. I know there are a few who have made themselves available. So if you have that need, contact me. And I'll, I'll direct you to where you can find those, those needs. So hang in there, church. God is standing in solidarity with you. We are in His comfort and His presence. Let us stand in solidarity with the others. Amen.